welcome to Human Impact Stories, hosted by Eileen Sweeney and Amy McGuire, two business leaders with background in corporate social responsibility and community outreach. More than human interest, these stories have human impact. And now, Human Impact Stories. Hi, this is Eileen. We started this podcast because Amy and I actually had a level of frustration. We know great things are happening to make our community stronger, but those stories don't always get told, or they are undertold. So, each episode will highlight a person or an organization doing great things and having impact on the community in innovative and sustained ways. You'll hear from grassroots leaders, social responsibility experts, athletes, artists, and educators who will share their stories. And we believe everyone has a story. So thank you for joining us. And now on to today's episode. Sometimes when there are such big moments in life, they become inflection points that shape your values going forward. That is a quote from today's guest, Rob Butcher, the CEO of Swim Across America. Rob's story is a collection of passion, purpose, connections, and making waves. With a passion for swimming, Rob qualified for the Olympic trials in 2000. From his connection with a lifelong friend, Olympian, and sports announcer, Rowdy Gaines, Rob was presented with an opportunity and a challenge to become the executive director for U.S. Masters Swimming. And not to be consumed with only water, his career path took him to the fast-paced NASCAR, where he was a marketing executive. His world changed the year his mother Maria passed away from appendix cancer. Rob and his mother had a strong relationship, and she was always his biggest champion. The weight of cancer weighed heavy on him for years, and through another connection, he joined the board of Swim Across America. And then through even greater karma, he was asked to lead the organization. He's now the CEO at Swim Across America. It is a cause, not a company. Swim Across America is solely focused on raising money for cancer. By making waves to fight cancer, Swim Across America provides funds for clinical trials, cancer care, and research at some of the nation's most prominent cancer centers, such as Johns Hopkins, Moffitt Cancer Center, Dana-Farber, and the list goes on. And now let's hear from today's guest, Rob Butcher. Rob, Swim Across America is this national movement. It yeah. is a cause beyond what I've seen in most nonprofits. And yeah. you have really grown it from something relatively small to a national coast to coast. Will you just tell our listeners what is Swim Across America and yeah. how did it get started? Yeah, in a thumbnail in 1984, um, there were um, five or six recent college graduates from Boston College and Holy Cross. They were all childhood friends uh, led by cancer survivor Jeff Keith. And Jeff had an idea that he wanted to run across the United States. So I call it the original Forrest Gump. (laughs) And so, yeah, so starting in Boston, it took them nine months in the summer of 84. And they finished in February of 1985 in Los Angeles. And just picture this. There's no internet. There's no fax machines. There's no iPhones that we can look on our Google Maps to see or Apple Maps to see where we're going. Um, And they are driving a Winnebago 
like two miles an hour and Jeff is running every single day on a wooden leg. On a wooden leg? He had lost his leg, so he's a cancer survivor, so he's got a wooden leg. And he's, he's running every single day for nine months. And you just let that sink in for a second. The emotional, the physical, the otherwise um, sort of energy and toll that it took on them to be able to do this. And <clears throat> along the way, their story really picked up interest from local media and the national media. Um, they met President Reagan, I think it was in Kansas City, when he was on a campaign stop. Um, <clears throat> then they met um, President Reagan was the first person to call him when they reached LA and there was multiple other celebrities and entertainers along the way and athletes. And they raised through tin cupping it a million dollars for the American Cancer Society. So that that's the precursor. And on that run for the entire nine months was um, somebody Amy knows, Matt Vossler. And Matt was also recently a graduate from Boston College in 84. And upon the finish of the run, Matt moved back to New York, went to work in the family business, a moving business. And Matt was inspired to keep doing something else for the cause. Um, He knew they couldn't run across the United States again. Uh, But Matt's a very purposeful, driven person by his culture and his DNA. And so triathlons, um, Eileen, as we talked about, were just coming in in the 80s. They were becoming popular. Um, You know, Julie Moss crawling across the finish line. And Matt thought to himself, what if we do a charity swim? No one's done this before. They've done charity walks and they've done charity bike rides, but no one's done a charity swim. And so at Port Jefferson in Long Island Sound in 1987, they, they attempted to swim across Long Island Sound. And there was maybe a dozen of them and another 30 or 40 that were on the boat. And the, the irony to the story is that that run that raised a million dollars, um, that swim raised $5,000. And unfortunately, the boat sunk. There was too many people on it. It took on water. And it's literally, I've asked, like, where's the boat now? They're like, it's the bottom of Long Island Sound somewhere. Rob, this is Eileen, and I'm actually from Long Island, so I know Long Island Sound seems really far to swim to Connecticut. How far is it? Well, it depends on currents and what direction you take, but it could be anywhere from 9 to 15 miles. So, Rob, talk about how you've just grown it and scaled it and what and really the beneficiary hospitals. And I have to say the thousands of lives, well, probably more than that, that you have saved across swim across America and partnering with hospitals like Johns Hopkins and other just amazing um, cancer research. And and swim across America has a very specific focus. Maybe talk about that. and I give credit to Matt for this because in the 80s, when he wanted to raise more money and through the 90s, this was all volunteer run at the time. Um, Matt's, Matt's view was if you were diagnosed with cancer, your, op- your options on the menu were chemo, surgery, chemo, or radiation. Those were the three. And so Matt thought there has to be more options that can be created. And in order to, to have those options, we need to raise money for research. And sometimes research is not sexy, right? It's not like it's a direct impact and you can't necessarily directly feel it and you don't necessarily get to directly meet the patient. And so research can be sometimes a little bit of a tough sell for people. 
but that was Matt's focus and his drive through the eighties and through the nineties. And we partnered with, um, uh, we created a second swim in Boston. So we partnered with Dana Farber where we've been for over 30 years, Memorial Sloan Kettering where we've been for over 30 years as well. And for the better part of the nineties until Janelle took over, this was a Northeast regional nonprofit with a few charity swims up there. And what made, I think what has, we've learned that has made this model really work, but also very, very challenging has been that money raised in each community stays in that community. So um, unlike national nonprofit that raises money and everything goes to one quote unquote headquarters and then gets redistributed out. Swim across America now with 21 charity swims um, each swim has its own operating bank account. And so the money raised in Tampa stays in Tampa. The money raised in New York stays in New York and Baltimore and Dallas and San Francisco and so forth. However, however, the impact of the research can translate anywhere. It's not limited by geography. And so we were funding in the 90s um, a, 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 a type of immunotherapy today, which has become very commonplace in the last five years and has become a lifesaver and given hope to so many and become a, frankly, a cure for people who didn't have that option in the nineties, like my mom and, you know, even Stuart Scott, that was the research we were funding in the eighties and the nineties, even the two thousands with no breakthroughs, none. It wasn't until Bristol Myers with Optivo and your boy in the early 2010s um, got FDA approval for it. As Swim Across America, after nearly 50 million raised, began to see some of the impact of the clinical trials and the research that it had been funding. And so, as we've had immunotherapy and personalized therapy and gene therapy and new detections that come forward, Swim Across America has had a hand in early stage funding, it's put wind in our sails. And so, those early successes that we've had with Memorial Sloan and Johns Hopkins and so forth give our charity credibility so that when we talk to a new community like uh, St. Louis Incitement or we talk to L.A. with UCLA, we, we can tell those CEOs of those hospitals, why don't you call Johns Hopkins or why don't you call Memorial Sloan? Or in some cases, they've already done it themselves. And so they're familiar with Swim Across America. And so the work has, has occurred and the results have begun to occur. And so now Swim Across America is putting its foot on the gas and trying to raise even more money to fund even more research and more clinical trials. And that's really where our sweet spot is, is clinical trials and early stage research. And if I use Tampa, Amy, where you're at with Moffitt Cancer Center, for an example, we have been funding a till melanoma project there uh, for about seven years. And we had funded in round numbers, round numbers, about a half a million dollars over that seven years towards this project. And Amy and I have learned that, you know, each clinical trial is about $60,000 or so a patient. So it had been about eight or nine patients that had gone through this till. It's a tumor infiltrating lymphocyte um, type of melanoma treatment. And you know, eight, nine trials is enough as we're now hearing with the virus and, you know, Moderna coming out with like 10 patients and what's been the impact. It's enough of a, of a proof of a story 
that either a commercial company or NIH or someone with larger funding can come in and say, look, you guys have done a half million. We're now going to put in five million and we're going to we're going to we're going to speed up the clinical trial pace of what's going on here. And so that has been some of the success and metrics that we've had. So now we're able to redeploy our dollars within Tampa towards another um, you know, an osteosarcoma project, for example, but we have seen the success of an early stage clinical funding for ourselves. Well, and I also want to say what you have done with allowing these organizations to partner together and to pull down other millions and millions of dollars for cancer has just been amazing. And the stories about the cancer patients are truly unmatched. And I want to make sure two things you tell our listeners. One, you really pivoted and uh, made a big wave on the Coast to Coast campaign. And it's something that if you don't want to swim, anybody can participate in this. Would you talk about that? And then make sure you tell our listeners how they can see all the amazing stories of the research and the cancer survivors. Yeah, the last few years, Amy, as you've you've been involved with our charity, you've noticed more and more people have come to us and said, look, I, I, I want to do something, but maybe a swimming is not my thing. Even though you have swimming in your name, we have a great story. We have a nun in Chicago who bike rides like 2,000 miles every year, but she's like, I'm not a swimmer. But on this bike ride journey, she raises money for Swim Across America, Chicago. And so we've seen more of those success stories. So we've had, we've had, um, We've had examples where we've worked with the sort of non-traditional before. And the you know, pandemic this year has caused us, like so many, to say we can't do in person. So our coast-to-coast campaign is a playoff play that 1984 run. And so rather than just um, do any activity and take you from Boston to L.A., we decided let's create a map. And let's go from city to city to city where we have a Swim Across America charity swim, 21 in total. And it comes out to almost... 8,000 miles. But how you move across the country (laughs) is by doing activity. You can bike, you can walk, you can run, you can volunteer, you can be a cancer patient who's getting treatment. It all counts within the activity umbrella of Swim Across America. And so as, as Team Tampa is moving across the country, it's based on the activity they do. Um, I know that your your local committee down there has been making masks, for example. Well, that counts within the activity space and allows Team Tampa to move, for example, 100 miles on this map across the country. And so what this has done is it's opened us up to um, a new community of people who have maybe just donated before in the past. And, and a little bit on the numbers, we get about 15,000 plus or minus people each year that swim with us. It doesn't sound like a lot, but we try to keep each charity swim to somewhere around 500 people in the water. And that's all designed for safety and risk management, but it also creates a very charming experience, right? So in Tampa, when you have Bill Nelson, who's the CEO of Johns Hopkins Hospital, who flies from Baltimore down to Tampa in order to swim, all the participants can go through and talk to Bill, the CEO of the hospital on that day. Up, and he's in the water and he's, He's telling the stories about the survivors. <clears throat> so that's the kind of charm you get when you come to one of our Swim Across America charity swims. But those 15,000 people have another 150,000 people who support them and donate to them. You know, Amy decides I'm going to swim and 10 people will donate $25 each to support Amy's swim. That's the community now that has said, I've supported Swim Across America for a lot of years. 
I now can do this coast-to-coast personal challenge and I can bake or I can walk or I can do some other type of activity that allows me to now participate in a way that maybe I haven't over the years with Swim Across America. So there's, so for, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, and so for us, <laughs> every dollar that we raise this December, um, we'll take it and we'll grant it right back out to our beneficiaries. Our, we joke around, but it's, there's also truth to it. Like our hope is we go out of business because if we do, well, then we've cured cancer. And, and that would be a really impactful and defining outcome for, for the mission of our charity. You know, Rob, with all of your experience, is there any advice that you could give to those who are thinking of starting their own nonprofits? I think because of the visibility, we raised over 10 million last year. It was the high mark of our charity. And not just last year, but even back to Janelle days, we would get a lot of um, well-meaning, pa- passion-filled individuals who would outreach to either Janelle or me and say, how can I start my own charity, <laughs> right? What, what do I want? How, what's the first step I take? You know, and they think it's go register, get legal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, all of that stuff can come, I think, later on. It did for some across America. It wasn't until 1992, that five-year gap after that we finally incorporated and got our IRS tax number. So <clears throat> you don't have to go all in on cost because those costs are real. Insurance is real. Legal is real. Filing and getting your audit is real. I mean, you're, you're, you're not going to get out of under at least probably $200,000 minimum, not including any staff costs or otherwise, but just in sort of hard costs every year to run a charity of, of any sort of size is more than a million dollars if you're going to take all those steps. So I, my encouragement to people is, um, you know, first sort of drive why you're doing this. Remember what your why is. Why are you investing your time, investing your energy, investing your resources into creating a charity? And then if you can get other people to believe with you, and especially if you can get a diversity of people that believe, and I don't, I'm not, I don't mean diversity in terms of just ethnicity, but I also mean sort of skill set, personality, um, temperament that they might bring, and you can create sort of a well-rounded think tank with you who will also invest their time and energy, and that's that's the hallmark of what Matt did and Hugh Curran and others back in the 1980s to get this charity going. I mean, it wasn't until I think 2004, from 1987, 2004, where this whole thing was run by volunteers, all of it. And it was finally because in 2003, 2004, Swim Across America was raising more than a million dollars a year, and it was beyond four four charity swims, that it realized we as volunteers can't do this anymore exclusively as volunteers. We need someone every day who wakes up and thinks about this business, and that was Janelle. And so now Swim Across America operates as, as a true business with true tax returns and true audit and, and et cetera, et cetera, all the things you would expect out of a, a business. We just do it under a 501c3 status. Rob, you've given us so many great words today, including your take on the word waves. Um, I've got a question for you. Do you have a favorite word? I don't, I don't know if it's one word so much as I... You know, I look back and as I was sharing in the early part of this story here, 
you know, I, I swung for the fences when I left NASCAR to go do something within in a private equity world. And it wasn't driven by cause, wasn't driven by impact. Um, it was driven by, frankly, a, a, you know, a time in my life where I thought I could take a risk and be very, very selfish and, uh, you know, see if I could, you know, maybe make, become a millionaire by the time I was 40. And it, again, it didn't happen, <laughs> not even close. And so I think today it now as I've evolved and gone through experiences, uh, if, if I were to use a word, it would probably be purpose, you know, and what's my purpose? Uh, great story. My, when all those little soccer practices I was talking about earlier, my mom would drive me to, she had a, a Volkswagen rabbit. It was a four door tan. It was me and my two brothers and she would drive us and we'd be wearing our shin guards and get dressed in the car, eat McDonald's on the way. And this was in the eighties. And I, my mom would be blaring at the top of like as loud as it could go without it getting crackly on the radio system, whether it was Madonna, uh, Michael Jackson, whatever. And my mom would be just be dancing in the car, just singing and just basically having joy, you know? And, and I just think my mom felt my purpose in life was to try and raise Rob, John, Mike, to to the point where they could have purpose in their life and my my wife Allie was the one who really leaned on me and said you know you you need to leave master swimming and and go do some crap this is going to be purpose for you your mom's on your shoulder I'm sort of speaking through her telling you that this is something you should go do and so I just think purpose is a really um, a, a description, a word that is, is hopefully still defining my life. And now as I have young boys and we're trying to set examples for all of our kids growing up, you know, I want them to see a life of purpose as well. Eileen and I want to thank Rob for sharing his story today. For more powerful stories of making waves to fight cancer, go to www dot swim across America dot org. And for our listeners who know of other inspirational stories that need to be told, message us at info at humankindpartnership.com. That is info at humankindpartnership.com. And thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to hearing from you. Stay well. Human Impact Stories is produced by Jody Locke with technical support and editing provided by Kevin Tice.